Hello, Fright fans and groovy ghoulies. I'm Mike Check, and this is your Checklist of Horror. Good morning, day and or night to everybody out there listening today, and thank you for doing so. I really do appreciate you giving me the chance to talk to you and share my love of horror movies with you. The goal here will be to discuss horror movies and the culture related to its fandom. A little bit about me. My name is Czech. I am and have been an avid horror fan for my entire life. My absolute favorites are the universal classic black and whites of the 1930s through the 50s. Frankenstein has always been my number one movie in horror or any genre. There's just so much to love and talk about there, but that'll be a future episode. I was fortunate enough to grow up in the 1980s, so naturally, I have a very special place in my black heart for the great slashers turned slapstick of that decade. Mr. Jason Voorhees being my champion pick and definitely the topic of another episode. Each movie we're going to talk about on the show will get a grading. The grading will be in checks. One check being unwatchably bad, and 12 checks being Mike Check 1-2, approved and awesome. Today's episode will be the discussion of the February Blu-ray Horror Pack. If you're unfamiliar with Horror Pack, what? Get out from your rock-covered grave and sign yourselves up. PSA, no, neither this show nor I am affiliated at all with Horror Pack other than being a subscriber and customer. Horror Pack is a monthly subscription service that offers you a choice of DVD or Blu-ray movies uh, for about $20 a month, and you'll get four movies shipped to your door. Now, everybody that chooses the Blu-ray option will get the same four movies, while everyone who chooses DVD will get the same four movies. However, the DVD movies are not the same four as the Blu-rays. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, Nobody knows what you're going to get until you get the package delivered right there at your door. Uh, Some of them are good, some are great, and some, well, they're not so great. We're going to have all of those categories covered on the four movies of today, which will be The Collector, Mother, All Cheerleaders Die, and Minutes Past Midnight. But before that, let's meet today's guest host, who is I tasked with watching these movies so he can help me talk about them to you. Ladies and gentlemen... Mr. Derry. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, I first want to say I only got to see two of these movies because um, they are not readily available. I love horror as well. I Sort of the first time I got introduced to horror was back in... The, oh, those sound effects are great. <laughs> was uh, back when I was a little kid when my older sister terrified me by watching uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, love and that one. I, I know today like I can watch it over and over again, but back when I was five, not so much. So it kind of had an effect on me. But um, uh, off the top of my head, one of my all-time uh, favorite horror movies is uh, Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects. Uh, there's just something about... Uh, people being crazy for no reason regardless of the film that just strikes a nerve with me <laughs> the strangers <laughs> devil's rejects i mean when which is unexplainable that kind of thing really sticks with me There's a couple other things but maybe future episodes we can talk about that but uh yeah you know, that's that's me in a nutshell <laughs> with horror <laughs> awesome well Derek, i'm glad to have you here today um this is the inaugural episode Yay. of the checklist of horror so awesome. good to have you here by my side Woo-hoo. uh well 
Let's break into the first movie. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to start with All Cheerleaders Die. Mm. Now, if you do not know All Cheerleaders Die, let me read you the Batcase description of this movie. <laughs> Teenage outsider Maddie is keeping some dark secrets and holding a serious grudge against the captain of the Blackfoot High football team. When Maddie joins the school's elite and powerful cheerleading squad, she convinces her new friends to help inflict her revenge. After a late-night party goes awry, their plans take an unexpected turn for the worse, and all of the girls die. Boy, do they. <laughs> a sinister supernatural power intervenes, and the girls mysteriously appear at school the next day with a killer new look. And some unusual new appetites. Sexy, campy, funny, subversive, <laughs> angsty, and most importantly, fun, says The Hollywood Reporter. All Cheerleaders Die is a rebellious horror comedy that redefines the genre. I can't even say that with a straight face, that it redefines anything other than a B-movie. So many emotions <laughs> just within the first five to ten minutes. I And I think I texted you as soon as you I turned did. it on. And I was like, what? Can I, am, am I just able to speak freely? Absolutely. What the hell do you have me watching? <laughs> Because first I was like, okay, we got Blair Witch, first person <laughs> view going on. Then we've got high school looking editing going on. And then I was like, I don't even know. I'm looking at, I pulled up their pictures on my phone from IMDb so I can remember the names of the characters. Because after so long, I was just like blonde girl, brunette girl, sassy girl. Because I didn't, I, I really couldn't understand where the movie was going. Um, it. There were parts of it that I did enjoy because it reminded me of movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer and um, Unfriended and um, I'm trying to think of the other one that it gave me. I almost bring it the on craft. sometime. The Craft, yes. The that craft, was a yeah. good, That was another good one. Um, but, you know, it had the whole girl gets killed on camera kind of a thing. <laughs> it wasn't a suicide like in Unfriended, but... Which that opening death scene of the <laughs> children dying... Was probably the one and only like yeah, great shot exactly. I was like, oh wow, that it, that kind of woke me up from the because she was the popular bitch, you know, being really randomly rude to everyone. And it's like I don't even know what what <laughs> who is she? Is she she's, okay? She's a cheerleader. Is she the captain? I don't know. <laughs> but then she dies, and then all of a sudden you cut to this other girl who I guess is the girl that they're speaking of, Maddie. Yes, Maddie. And uh, she's got this plan of revenge, and she just starts randomly talking to you in first-person camera <laughs> view. And you're like, oh, she's talking to us, the audience, or she's talking to her computer? I don't know. But then Maddie's got a witch girlfriend on the side who just keeps crying every time she sees her. And, and you're just like, I don't know what's going on, because <laughs> there's just all these characters coming together at the same time. And it has to be the worst looking football player football player squad I've ever seen. They're always like, Yeah, we're gonna win state and this these guys look like the chess club. You, know? yeah, you have like your token like, stoner, yeah. like the token nerd. The like token black guy who's like, the captain. I mean, as you find on any championship football exactly. team. Exactly. You know, and the one that's got the arm, he's the one going places. But I a roller coaster of emotions from beginning to end. But there were parts that I did like the that death scene, the opening death scene. But then you were like, "Why is this girl mad? That was like an accident." Like, yeah, that like had she wasn't nothing bullied. To do with anything. She wasn't bullied like in Unfriended, where there was like a bullying situation and caused 
girl to kill herself, you know, and all this other stuff. It was just, she just did a horrible cheerleading stunt and fell on her head. And it's <laughs> like, then she was like, I blame the football player. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why are you so mad? And they were nice. She was like, I'm trying out to get my revenge. And then she makes the team and they're like, hey, girl, you're one of us. And she was like, yeah, but I secretly all want to kill you. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't know really why, strange. but I, I want to kill you. Right. I just want she like, yeah, she's like, your senior year is done. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. I feel like there was a group of teenagers who saw the craft, like, in their 13, 14 years. Yeah. And that movie really impacted them. Yeah. And so then they got into filmmaking themselves. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're going to do the craft, but edgier. Yes. And we're going to use bad CG yes, blood because exactly. it's cheap. And it, it sprayed everywhere like a bad <laughs> kung fu movie. Like, it was just, oh, God, I don't. It was it's uh, okay <laughs> okay uh so this movie, it was originally out in 2013 um and i don't know if you knew this it was a remake of itself uh from 2001 That's both <laughs> the original and the remake were written and directed by the same duo of lucky mckee and chris uh silverton Derek, have you ever seen the original from 2001 no. <laughs> I was a high school senior in 2001. <laughs> All right, we're not going to talk about how old I was in 2001. We already said that I grew up in the 80s. That's um, semi. I was younger. But uh, I hadn't seen the original, and I don't know if that's good or bad, like watching yeah. this one. I had nothing to compare it to. Correct. I can only hope the original was Isn't a more better. enjoyable watch. And, and, you know, and when they hit that, the that was an intense scene with the the party and when she was trying to push everyone's buttons at the the main Maddie when she you know snuck off with the cheerleader to go have her little lesbian encounter <laughs> and then that was to make her little witch ex girlfriend I guess because they never really explained why this witchy nerdy girl was so obsessed with her nope they never said it but I guess you're just supposed to assume that they used to also mess around because Maddie's just a big lesbian she just like yeah everybody. she's a, she's a lesbo <laughs> um, but uh but the witch girlfriend was you know was you know why won't you talk to me for the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the movie and and then she sees she maddie's over there making sure that which ex-girlfriend can see her making out in the cave <laughs> over in the wood <laughs> you're just looking at me like what <laughs> and then so that one of the girls and i can't remember her name i'm i think it's taylor is, is what i'm seeing uh taylor said i did not write the character names down because i think it's taylor just not memorable at all super popular but a prude Right, that was, she was the Christian girl, and for some reason, everyone's like, "Okay, we're gonna go home now because I guess we're not supposed. To, I guess it's tradition for them not to party on the same night or something." But that's why they go party in the woods because that's why they can break their little traditions of night before the first game. I don't. Yeah, they didn't really say that either. It, they, there's not a lot of explanation of yeah. anything. So uh, they're getting ready to leave, and the, and the football players go, "Hey guys, you know, you're gonna start putting out for us this year, or or we're cutting you off as like our." <laughs> sidekick girlfriend sluts or whatever oh so that's they, they were misdirected yeah you're gonna put out for us this year that's, she that's, thought oh exactly. take another girl in the woods yeah exactly you know they're and then so maddie you know this is like oh this is my chance to push some buttons and so she starts pushing buttons and you know with the guys like oh well we're just do what you have to do we'll find some new guys we'll go find some college guys who are better than you with you know bigger dicks and she, that, she says that she, she says that to the guy uh, and that's she's, talk, she's saying this to the token black guy, and he's just getting madder and madder. And then, of course, the girl she was making out with like tries to tag team and like, "What are you gonna do?" And she's drunk, and <laughs> and then that causes him to have a domestic situation. Like I said, the, the scene was I, that was one of my favorite scenes because it was like, "Oh my god, he just hit her like just really hard," and then 
they, you know, let's get out of here. And then the guys are still pissed and they literally run them off the road. And then it, instead of like helping, it turned into that. I know what you did last summer kind yep. of moment. And they're like, we're not going to say anything to anybody while these girls are at the bottom of a river drowning. <laughs> but which girl comes out of nowhere and she's starts screaming and her witch powers come out and suddenly no one's dead anymore. And everyone walks out of the water like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, like, <laughs> but, but two of the girls have switched. Yes. Like two of the girls bodies, bodies. I forgot somehow, about that. Like, yes. They the uh, the prude sister and yeah. the not so prude sister who likes to put out, I guess. Conveniently, it's the sisters yeah. that switch. And... So now she's in this hot body, but she's. You know, about to go try to defile it for whatever reason. <laughs> she's, she's a giant hornball. And the other girl is like, well, I have to wear the school mascot costume yeah. all day. And <laughs> so. she has the crush on her hot sister's boyfriend. Yes. Who now is in the hot sister's body. So yes. as soon as she sees him in school, like, hey, we're going to go in the bathroom and have sex. Right. And she's like, call me, <laughs> but call me, call me got, Taylor, call me my name. sister's name. Why? Because I said so. Because it's kinky. So <laughs> I, I want to, of the few good things to say about this movie, um, I enjoyed the humor yes. of because the girls now are all technically dead. Right. So they're cold to the touch. Yes. So this boy, who is clearly a virgin because the hot older sister was a prude and would never yep. let him do anything, are now in the bathroom and... They're having sex, and he's talking about how cold it yeah. is. So when he goes for bragging rights with his friends later, he's like, yeah. yo, I was all up in that yeah. fridge. Yeah. And, and he's like, what? Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be cold, right? Right. That was, that was hilarious. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's so defeated. It has so it does have, and like you said, it has great campy horror moments, like very Tucker and Dale versus Evil mm. is, is what I was trying to think of earlier. So yes. that just popped back in my head. And that those were the that those were the parts that I liked about it. You had this really cool, like intense scene that kind of sets up what's happening with these girls being undead and what caused it with these guys being unexpectedly violent towards them out of nowhere after just being classmates. Um, and then you get this really campy horror movie, which I'm always okay with campy horror. I don't know a lot of people. Campy horror goes well, over a lot of people's heads sometimes. Yeah, campy goes hand in hand with horror. It, like, yeah, it, exactly. I mean, like you, you know, the old '80s ones and and. It just, some people get it and some people don't. They're like, I'm stupid. And I'm like, you just have no sense of humor or you're, or you're stupid. You know what? <laughs> um, but I did like the funny parts of it because there are parts where it was just like really funny. Like, And they did, they weren't like zombies like eating flesh. They were like soul sucking. Like succubus. Some, succubus, yeah, yeah. More like a succubus. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is actually kind of at least fun to watch. Because they're like, okay, now we're all hot, and you know we've got superhuman strength and weird abilities and to glowing sense. gems in our body that yeah, nobody else notices. Exactly, that no one else can see apparently. But you know, I can forgive that. But they were. In, I liked the kind of thing where they could kind of feel where each other were. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, and um, <laughs> actually, hang on right there because I want to say that, like, with that opening shot of the cheerleader death, yes. with the scene in the woods where he hits her. Yeah. Like, I mean, those were very good, very well done, yeah. well shot, dramatic scenes that really give you that oh, yeah. like reaction to yeah. it. Um, and and going into the talking about like how the girls can sh- share all the sensations, like they they beautifully shoot. Where from the different points of view, yes, where it all starts from the one girl who goes off into the van. Oh yeah, she's having to sex smoke the and they all start the having orgasms. And the other girls are all getting like high yep. and and orgasmic feelings yep. from that. And the way they shoot it to show you how it, it affects like really each cool. one was <laughs> great. Like these, the guys that made this film, there is a talent there. Yeah, absolutely. Like it yeah. just it got away from them yeah. a bit. It it starts this, to get like, it starts to lose the. 
it, it starts off kind of wrong, and then it go, gets back on track once you kind of like, okay, I get everything, even though I didn't explain anything, but I understand, and it's got a good pace, and then it just sort of rolls downhill and keeps going until, and then it's like, okay, it's over. And, like, on, I don't, it, I didn't hear it in the, when you were reading the description on the box, but on Netflix, which is where I saw it, it starts talking about this supernatural battle of the sexes, which, as the first girl dies, and I don't remember which one that was, but that's when the, the guys are, like, starting to see, like, oh, my God, what are these girls got going on? There's something, <laughs> something weird, quote, unquote, going on here. <laughs> and then, for some reason, the token black guy, who's the asshole of the whole group, gets to be Sorcerer Supreme, and this makes so much sense to me, you know? <laughs> That's the only battle of the sexes, yeah. is once he, like, clues yeah. to what's going on, he's like, I'm going to steal your power stones, yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm yeah, going exactly. to be powerful zombie man. Give me the Tesseract and the Soul Stone, and I'm <laughs> I'm now Loki, you know? And it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, right as that happens, like, okay, guys, uh, the movie ran long, hurry up, wrap this up. Exactly. You know? And then I, it, it goes away. Yeah, and I, was, and I was expecting, I was like, okay, like, I was, at one point, I remember sitting there going, all right, girls, go kick his ass. You know, like, I wanted to see that, but he ended up kicking their ass. And I was like, wait, there's, like, six of you. Like, how's he taking you out one by one? And He's a man. Yeah, you know, he's ripping their stones <laughs> out of their stomachs, and I'm just like, oh, this is that's, that's not a battle of the <laughs> but, sexes by but any Exactly, because every time he kills one, it just made him stronger and stronger and stronger. And then by the end, when there was just one-on-one left, he's got the power of ten people, and she's just, like, this one lonely girl. Yeah. <laughs> the witch girl by herself. He's like, <laughs> oh, well, I don't think I, my witchy powers are enough to bring back another army of zombie best friends to yeah. fight you. <laughs> so, and then it just ends. And, and it's just like, yeah, credits. Like, wait, uh, okay. He dies, by the way. I mean, maybe they'll do a third <laughs> remake of it in another 12 years. Maybe, yeah, get a bigger budget. Have a bigger budget and, um, actors. Hour. Um, <laughs> I was trying to look up some stuff on this movie to see if there's, you know, interesting facts about it. And, uh, uh, there really isn't much. Um, and it's. I think it's funny that you uh, were talking about uh, Tom Williamson was the 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 black kid, the actor yes. that played him, okay. um, and he was definitely their star of yeah. the cast. Like he had the most experience or whatever. Most talented, well, um, this and only this is why I wish you had the the disc to watch because mm-hmm. in the features, that dude is a douche. Ah, like he like on the set, he was he was white bread. Gotcha. He was the greatest thing out there. And they even they captured on scene where like he's telling the other kid, So in this scene, you're doing this and you're feeling oh. that and you, you, you it's like, oh. whoa man, like I got this, yo. Like oh. you worry about you. I'm gonna take care of my character. Got it. Like it wasn't like in a constructive I, criticism way and I didn't like him from the moment he walked on screen. It was just one of those things, I don't know if it was, you know, some kind of osmosis black guy black guy <laughs> from sitting in my living room to viewing him in the stage i was like oh i don't like you at all like you haven't even <laughs> spoken yet but i i i like i said i at one point i was really cheering for the girl i was like mutilate and maim this kid like go get him and it didn't happen i was cheering like the, i was like <laughs> for the main girl too because i mean she was cute but yeah i <laughs> Of course, <laughs> but I, would, I, I just, I, I, if, if I would have got that more, like how Netflix described battles, I, like I was, I was literally picturing my head almost like a, a, mar, a cheesy Marvel Civil War, like the five girls and the five guys <laughs> on one side, and you know they're looking at them like we gotta kill these zombie bitches, and they're looking at them like 
we're going to rip you to shreds. You know, kind of remember that? <laughs> you know, like, I think that like would your girls are great. Like Muppets. Yeah, and they would have been like, you know, superhero zombies or something and ripping off limbs, which they kind of did. I mean, they, you know, sucked, you know, sucked a couple of guys' souls out before they got to have some fun. But I want to see the Civil War movie you're describing. Yeah, I, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I think that, I thought, that's what I was expecting to happen. But no, he just, it just kept being these one-on-one. They was like, they weren't strong anymore when it, by the time he got to them and he was just able to punch their stuff. Like, oh, there's your stone. It's in your lower abdomen and i can see it yeah all their stones were in different like body parts yeah, like, so i'll cut this one out of your neck and this rookie one, witch I, yeah she did not know what she was she, doing she did all she knew how to do was cry That's all um <laughs> the uh the blonde cheerleader the one was on the cover mm-hmm. um i enjoyed her wake-up scene yes like, the morning after where and like yes the girls are just like oh we died last night and we're live today okay cool who wants breakfast like right not thinking anything <laughs> of it whereas like she just like gets up like in this catatonic yep. like state of mind like in her underwear marches across the street yep. into the other house like seduces her neighbor really quick and is like and I... she gave you a range in yeah. there like she would uh, she'd be staring intently like terrifying and mm-hmm. then like totally funny comedy yep. the next like she kept you guessing on it yeah i mean she would i, I like seeing like that out of again her. very bring it on which is what i love i don't care what anybody says i love the first one after that <laughs> they go kind of go down they made more <laughs> Oh, don't you don't you know where they killed one of them, right? <laughs> but, Universal Orlando. Oh, no, hey, her, what was that four or five? Um, anyway. Yeah, so the movie like it had a few good things to it. Yes. Just as a as a complete movie. Uh, what did I? I think I texted you at the end of the movie. Let's see if it's still in there. I was like, oh god. <laughs> look that up. Um, I'll tell you. Out of thirty six reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. um, this movie scored a fifty percent rotten. That's you know. That's fair. I mean, it's you won't pass class with too many fifties, but that's half. That's half. You know, there's yeah, worse movies out there. There are, and we're going to talk about one of them in a few minutes. <laughs> when it was practical effects, and I know I'm super old school. Mm. Give me a practical effect over a computer generated image yes. any day of the week. Yes. I don't even if it's great CGI. I prefer practical. Like yes. I, I need to honestly believe. I agree that it's there and physical. Yeah. Um, when they use practical stuff in this movie, which isn't a whole lot, it was good. Yeah. When they tried the CG, like it was so bad mm-hmm. that it, it was laughable. Yes. The flying, the floating rocks. Yeah. That, uh, and I was like, is she just sitting in class making rocks swirl, hover over her desk and no, and, and people were watching <laughs> her do it and like, this is, this is just okay. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Sure. It, it was, it was, it was on that level of. But uh, once upon a time, when they start doing really bad CGI, if you if you watch that show, uh, I do. <laughs> and when there's and you think like this is a major network, and your CGI looks like this, this is but, Disney, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and but that's that's what it kind of reminds me of. I was just like, oh gosh, okay. good. Um, okay, so uh, really nothing new, nothing original, um, not a whole lot of noteworthy. No, you know, a few good moments. Yes, like I would like to see these guys dive more into where they got those moments from yes. and make a whole movie of that. All right, grading. You have 1 to 12. 1 to 12. Ooh. To play on mic check if you know, <laughs> mic check 1 2. So. I'm, I'm going to go with because I love perusing through Netflix and trying to see just cuz there's so many movies out there. <laughs> but I'm going to actually give it a four and a half and not I would give it lower, but I like I said there were just parts that were actually like i was like oh 
what's going to happen now? <laughs> you know, like there were there was parts where I literally was picking up my phone and watching out of the corner of my eye just to pay attention. And then there was parts where I was like <laughs> actually glued. That should be a grading system. Yeah. Watching this movie, how many times did I pick my phone up? Right, to exactly. <laughs> from the movie. But they're like like the the little in you know, the when they were when the guys were getting a little heated and right before the, the punch and where they chase them off and drive them off the edge of the cliff. That was a really good moment as well, as well as when our first catatonic uh wake up state yeah. that we saw them do as well. Um but that that whole I know what you did last summer, unfriended in the woods at the party. This is what causes everything to happen. I thought that was a great scene, and I thought that was that got me excited to see what happens next. So that's yeah. why I say four and a half. Okay. Um, Everything else. I originally wrote down a six. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to lower it to a five okay. because now sitting here talking to you about it, I'm going to give it a five. No, actually, I'm going to say with a six because that's right in the middle of 12. Yes. Because I want to rate this as two movies mm-hmm. from opening credits to uh, they wake up from their death mm-hmm. is a great is a great movie. Mm. Once yeah. they wake up and the movie goes on from there, that's where yeah. it's going to average down. So I'll give that six checks. I give. I agree with that. I, I could say that. So, yeah. I'm going to stick to my 4.5, though. But I agree okay. with what you're saying. <laughs> um, all right. So, movie number two, we're going to go to, in my opinion, and I'm going to guess yours as well, mm-hmm. the best movie in this foursome. Absolutely. The Collector. And I have the sequel as well. I love, you know what the I call collection. it? collection. Yeah, the collection. <laughs> I call the collector Home Alone Gone Wrong, because that's what it reminded me of with all the traps. <laughs> that's like, funny. Um, I, probably what Home Alone would have been like if you were more realistic. <laughs> um, I, my roommate walked into the living room uh, the other day when I was uh, watching it to refresh on it, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, what's this? Because he missed the beginning of it, and I was trying to explain. So I was like, all right, imagine it's Halloween night, mm-hmm. and you're a burglar breaking into the Myers house. Yes. And I think that's a pretty fair yeah. description of it because <laughs> the shit that goes down yes. in and this, this house. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and I think that when I saw the first one, I, I saw it by myself, and then I watched it with friends who really didn't understand what was going on. Because they walked in just after the main character was introduced, the um, security installation our hero for the movie, basically. I can't think the, of his name. The hero yes. who's robbing the exactly. house. Exactly. And, 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 and so at first they were like, wait, 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 wait. And then so I paused the movie and I said, think of it like this. Josh Stewart is the actor's Josh, name. Okay. Uh, Arkin um, was his character name. I said, think of it like this. I said, I told them, I said, what if the, if you were in your house with a killer who's, you know, obviously trying to kill you for no apparent reason than just to torture the crap out of you and your family? And the only other person you can trust to maybe save you is a burglar that was that's breaking into your house. And they were just like, "What?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, "I mean, I was like, just think about that for a second. Like, you got a killer already in your house who's got you tied up. He's been beating you and torturing you and doing weird." Things. Well, and the family—I don't think the family's ever aware that he's there to rob them, it, right? Because they, uh, when the the, they see the father like first sees him, he's like. Why are you doing what? this? Yeah. You're with the ki- you're with the yeah, guy that's killing exactly. us, whatever. And yeah, they don't think he's like, robbing no, no, them, no, but not. they just they just think. I mean, but these are the only two people in your house. One's just I just want to kill you and torture you and maim you, and the other guy is I don't even know why you're here, but I'm assuming you're here with this guy. But he's your only hope. Yep. <laughs> but he came to rob you. <laughs> you know, he came to steal all. He installed your security system, and now he's here to steal everything because he knows everything is inside your house. 
Yep. Okay, uh, if anyone listening has not seen this movie yet, we've already spoiled some, and we're going to spoil more, because there's yeah. a lot of great things to talk about in this movie. Um, I, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, find yourself a copy yeah. and watch it. Um, mm-hmm. It it really is a good one. Um, it was originally, it came out in 2009. Uh, God, it was, that's so- it doesn't feel like that long, no. does it? No. Yeah, 2009. It was written Jeez. by Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton. Um, Marcus Dunstan was also the director of this. It was originally scripted as The Midnight Man. And here's a fun fact. It was originally intended to be a prequel to the film Saw, which uh, the first Saw had already come out by I this time. I remember that, yeah. Um, but the producer said no. Uh, and they wanted to keep it as its own film. Mm-hmm. Um, three years later, after this one was out, uh, they did do the sequel that we talked about, The Collection. Um, and the franchise of those films have definitely developed a cult following, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. And I've yet to talk to any horror fan or friend that doesn't like this movie or think very high there's of this movie. Like, to me, there's nothing um, wrong with it. I think it's awesome. Out of 70 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it only got a 30%. Blasphemous. Uh, <laughs> and it says uh, that most commenting uh, on the lines of tedious displays of gore makes this torture porn home invasion horror more pro programmatic than provocative. Which, okay, if you look at the 2009, you know, like the the end of the first decade of the 2000s and we had the Saw movies mm-hmm. and uh, Hostel like had come out. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that was definitely like a, thing. a trendy it was, it was a thing style. of horror movies. However, there are things like in this movie far from programmatic. Yes. Like, I, I mean, the phone. Yeah. Like he picks up the phone with the needle mm-hmm. in it and like talking about it now like yeah, makes me yeah. squirm in my seat I was looking and, at my phone I like what well, I, I mean I don't have a, a house phone but when I would take it myself I was like okay mm-mm. like you know right like some of those um again if you haven't seen this movie what's going on is um a house is getting redone mm-hmm. um and the family is going to go away for a week vacation while the house gets finished one of the main handyman that's working on the house find out that his it's either his wife or his ex-wife um and his daughter the 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 wife is in debt to a loan shark um and she's kind of a bitch yep and th- this guy arkin who's the handyman he seems like a pretty nice guy mm-hmm. um which actually <laughs> as great pause he my only flaw in the movie is when he's having the tea party. Yes, I was just about to daughter, say that. I was like, and he sees that giant creepy motherfucking spider. Yeah, and like he goes to to take it away from the mug when the when she's drinking it. It goes into the bear, but he doesn't do anything about the spider from there. Yeah, like he walks away. Like okay, that spider's still there and could get her. Yeah, sure. that was the only thing that I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, you, mm. which the tea party to me was just weird. Anyway, I was like. That should have been like every parent's red flag. Like, get out of my house. Like, you know, like. <laughs> and, and which is that? He does. He walks yeah. in and he's like, hey, oh, what's so, going on? He's yeah. like, oh, we just had a. Okay, t- uh, scattered. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to say something yeah. about the spider. Cause, <laughs> and, and again, now saying that out loud, maybe that was to show you, like, he's not the nice guy. Like, he's not the hero or the good guy. You know, he, he is still He's, a bit of a villain. Yeah, yeah, a little bit um, of a criminal, because well, what you find out in the next yeah. few minutes coming up. So. so, yeah, so he's working on this house. The family leaves to go away on their vacation for the week. You find out that his wife owes money, um, and he doesn't have enough to give her to pay it off. So he decides he's going to go rob this house that he's just been working on, because they have this super fancy special diamond-type yep. thing in the house that if he gets that everything's going to be happily ever after. So he comes back to the house to rob it, but by the time he gets there, 
this house is booby trapped to hell and back mm-hmm. six times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just like inventive traps among traps, like from you, Kevin like, McAllister grew up yeah. <laughs> and he's crazy. I mean, there's like a living room covered bear trap floor. Yes. There's like fish hooks hanging in the laundry room. The thing that swung the, down that injected you with acid. And yup. The like, chandelier <laughs> steak knife, the razor blade, yep. uh, wind, window yes, so you can't panels, like, uh, the the needle in the phone so if you pick it up to call for help like it's there's just so much in there um so as he he breaks into the house and he stumbles upon the the dad the husband of of the family um they didn't make it away on their trip and he's he's tied up and a great big bloody mess and when the dad sees him he automatically assumes you're part of this why are you doing this to us like we were so nice to you like you had a tea party with my daughter earlier today and um so he like convinced me like no no he's like I'm not like part of that like I'm gonna help you you just have to stay calm you know do you have a gun in the house and so he starts working on trying to help this family to get out of there while he's helping the family get out of there he finds the diamond sticks it in his mm-hmm. pocket continues trying to help the family um, the the husband and the wife don't make it right um, the little girl Hannah I think Hannah was the little girl because then there's the teenage daughter right, who correct. snuck away to go have. Yeah. Sexy time with, with her, boyfriend, her boyfriend. Who doesn't um, <laughs> it either? Who she shows up like in the middle of the night, like she's coming home, like oh gosh, there's gonna be a fight. I'm coming home late. I know I broke my curfew. Which, why are you coming home if they were supposed to leave on the trip? I don't know. It doesn't matter. That, yeah, um, continuity. So she comes home and the house is dark. They think the parents aren't there, so they start having sex in the living room. Mm-hmm. And then the collector shows up and goes after them. Yes. Meanwhile, Arkin, our burglar hero, burglar hero, is, <laughs> is doing his best to save little girl Hannah yes. to get her out of the house. Um, shenanigans and... and Battle Royale. Battle Royales going <laughs> Escape all the way trap. over. You still have real no idea who this killer is because he's wearing this black mask. Um, shit's hitting the fan everywhere you look. Yes. Um, he, he has to pay the debt for his wife by midnight. Yes. Because I rewatching this again, I love at the end yes. when he's in the ambulance, he's like, what time is it? He's like, what? What time is it? It's just before midnight. I made it. You got to call my wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, and the Evans guy's like, oh, we'll take care of the house. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to call her right, right now. Because wow. <laughs> you see in his hand, he's holding the diamond from it. And he's like, I did it. I did it. And of course, he doesn't do it because the ambulance gets hit. Yep. It's probably the worst recapping of a movie. But there's just, there's so many good yeah, parts. There- you think of one, it gets to another. And, um, absolutely. Like, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you're just like, oh, remember that part? And remember that part? And remember that part? And remember that yeah. part? Because, and that's just the way that the movie plays out. And like I said, I love this movie. I have I have both of them in my private collection. When you sent me the, the first one to watch, I was like, oh, I've seen this a million times. I don't even, I'm, I'm going to watch it again just because you put the idea in my head. <laughs> but I love, I love this movie so much. Like every time I show it to someone, everyone's like, how have I not seen this? Like, where was I when this came out? And I, I, I haven't, I honestly have no complaints. I, I didn't even realize the little continuity issue with the girlfriend and the boyfriend coming home, and they should have already, you know. Yeah. Been there. I didn't even think about that until you just said it just now, because I didn't care. Yeah, because everything they were else was just so much. At the end of that work so day. Great. And this goes back to my original point when we started: movies that 
one of the things that movies that strike a nerve with me are when people are crazy for no reason and you don't know why this guy is crazy. <laughs> you don't know why he's on this. A lot of people, like the, the whole safe thing, that's how everything starts. It's like, this is the start of this game. I put someone from my last booby trap session in this safe in the middle <laughs> the of your house. <laughs> and, and you're just like, what is this box doing in the middle of my living room floor? And then you open it and a body pops out and then it's like game on. The, the clock's ticking or whatever. And yeah. then the last person from that game is going to end up in somebody else's house, you know, <laughs> which that's how you get into the collection and that's a whole other story. But um, Which is great. And I, I wanted a bigger franchise yes. of this. I could have gone six um, I enjoy these more, more. Than, than the Saw movies. Yes. Like the Saw movies, meh, they're okay, you know, like, all right, what inventive ways are we going to kill somebody yeah. this time? And that's all they were for me. Like this had a good, had a, a good plot going behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love talking about this now because I'm starting as I'm I'm speaking aloud. I'm seeing more of Arkin's character. Mm-hmm. I like him even more. Yeah. Because like it, the spider he doesn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. He obviously steals that bear that yep. the spider hid in to give to his daughter right. later that night. Like he stole the bear. Yeah, he's anti-hero. You know, like he is the cat woman of this movie. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, he's, hey, he's, he's Catwoman, <laughs> Catman. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, like they show you those signs that he's not a good guy, mm-hmm. but he ends up trying to do a good thing. He's do- he's doing what he has to do to get the job done. He's very Catwoman, Walter White, which I'm, you know, five years later finally watching Breaking Bad. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's just he's you know he's got this good side bad side going. Like he's not bad enough to want to cut you open like this other badass in the house. But he's he's good enough to want to, you like, hey, I didn't come here to do all that, but I did tell him to take your money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Bloody Disgusting gave this film a 3.5 out of 5 okay. and wrote that The Collector is a raw, gritty, and uncompromising horror film that puts the previous Saw film to shame. Absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. The reviewer also believed that the character of The Collector had the potential to become a new horror icon. Absolutely. He is not alone. I wanted to see that happen. Yeah, this mask, that, even just looking at the box right now, it kind of gives me a weird feeling because, again, you don't know what's under it. There's so many, like, you just want to know. You just want to know you more and more. Feel, and more. Did he remind you at all of Tiny in uh, House of Thousand Corpses? Yes. Yeah. Like, the way he walks around, he has that yeah. distorted, like, walk. Yeah, I just, again, so many questions. And, again, because, like, again, that thing that strikes a nerve with me, I, there's no definition of him. There's... That's what he's just a crazy man. Yep, he, he <laughs> for just no is. reason, at least as far as the audience is concerned. Yeah, maybe if they would have done a three, four, five, six, you might have got the reason and who he is and whatever kind of like you get in Saw because that's the reasons why I like Saw. Because I was like, what's gonna be the twist? Like, what's gonna be the add on? Like, I get we're gonna get these cool death scenes, like Final Destination always gives you those cool death scenes. Yeah, but I want to know how does this keep going to where there were was it like nine Saw movies? And at the end of each one, you were like, wow. Or, you know, I can't wait for the next one. But when you went in, you were like, okay. (laughs) But this could have easily been uh, the next, you know, the next big franchise. We could have easily seen him in a haunted house series or something. I don't know. Absolutely. You know, uh, we didn't read the back of the case on this one. So uh, let's do that and we'll sum it up with saying... Yes. Did it meet what the case was before we move on to the next movie? From the twisted minds behind Saw 4 and 5 and the upcoming Saw 6, The Collector emerges as a real-time game of cat and mouse melding primal horror with suspense thriller. 
Mm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for handyman and ex-con Arkin, a rare gem inside a supposedly empty house could be the ticket to his family's financial freedom. So I guess it's not an ex-wife. They are still married. Okay. Uh, but when a masked psychopath makes it inside first, Arkin must either save the people he came to rob or become part of the killer's sick collection cataloged in blood, bones, and tears. That's yeah, a that's pretty, pretty fair pretty and accurate description. What it is behind it. <laughs> so, uh, grading. I love one to twelve this on the checkometer. So, <laughs> because there are very few movies to me that qualify as perfect, I'm still gonna go really high and give it an eleven because I love this movie. Like I love anytime people come over and be, and peruse my cupboards and they go, "Oh, you have a really cool horror collection." The ones I pull out are that one. I pull out High Tension. I pull out Noble's Rejects. And those are just like, okay, these are like really good ones. Hills Have Eyes, especially the second one, because it's just like, I can't even watch mm-hmm. this. But <laughs> but um, but those those are like some of the, out of my little collection, like are they my, is it my favorite of all time or anything? No, but it, it is just so, it's just so, it's just great. Yep. It's great. And like I said, it fits in my, one of my categories that really strikes a nerve with me personally. That may not be for everybody, but when good people for are you. Cra- I know <laughs> when people are like crazy for no reason, I'm just even in real life, and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Because well, <laughs> because that is real life. Yeah, like on the streets, like you see somebody yeah. crazy, you hear about this in the news. There's no backstory no. to it. No. They're just a crazy motherfucker mm-hmm. doing think, doing what crazy does. And you think we see enough movies to realize that some people are just crazy. Everyone wants to be like, oh, he was you know criminally insane, or he needs he needs mental health. You can just be crazy. You can. You, like, like, you can a lot just of it out be there. crazy. It's okay to be like, hey, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> cool. Uh, I One lower than you, I gave it 10 checks. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic movie. The only really bad thing about it is I want more of it. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad that's yeah. not a bad thing to yeah. have at the end of the movie. Um, so if anyone behind the, the team of making the collector movies, it's not too late. Uh, I would definitely say you have a fan base out there that would dig on on more movies. Yeah, it's never too late with Hollywood these days because you can see where we're doing with prequels and all that jazz. Moving along to movie number three uh, is an anthology called Minutes Past Midnight. This was put out in 2016 um, from IndyCan Entertainment. Uh, it is an anthology. It has nine short stories on it um, that all came from the Rue Morgue magazine and Unstable Grounds film festival, Little Terrors. Uh, reading the back, give you a description of it. As midnight falls, all manner of terror invades the earth. Demons, cannibals, killers, ghosts, and monsters swarm the world in these tales of the supernatural, the fantastic, and the just plain horrific. Featuring nine stories handpicked through Rue Morgan Unstable Grounds long-running genre film festival Little Terrors, prepare to see some of the finest the world of fright has to offer. Be warned, these tales are not for the faint of heart. Haven't seen it, but sounds great. <laughs> uh, it is good, and you're going to take this home with you tonight to yes, watch I it. Because uh, out of the nine short stories, three of them I thought were amazing. Hmm. One I thought was absolutely skippable like if i could erase it from my eyes i would um (laughs) and then the others were they were short stories on a low budget i mean they were a film film festival short story with no budget um the titles of the nine short stories uh in order on the disc are never tear us apart awake crazy for you the mill at calder's end roid rage which was shot here in orlando florida uh, feeder, Timothy, 
Ghost Train, and Horrific. You would think that Roid Rage, being shot in our hometown here of Orlando, Florida, mm. would be awesome. That is the worst thing on this <laughs> disc. Like That is literally, you feel like a bunch of drunken uh, college frat boy filmmakers mm. sat around just trying to gross pe- each other out. Huh. Taking a guess, hearing Roid Rage, what would you think is, is the central theming? What do you think they're talking about in Roid Rage? I I think this is this is let's go lift bro gone wrong. Like they just take they shoot up or take too much of something, and <laughs> now they're just like I could I, I see in my head like maybe muscles exploding to be gross or like look at how many, look at the gains, bro, and then it's like <laughs> big enough is not. Big enough, and they just keep like working out and stuff. Like, like I can see that happening, or I can see them like you know going out and just being like, "That guy looked at me wrong," and then they're like, "Let's rip his head off," you know, kind of a thing. And they end up killing each other because they're all freaking out, and you know, this guy's a hold of some bad stuff, like you know, very bath salt in Miami. That sounds better than what I watch. Um, And yeah, roids, steroids. Yeah, it's my first. Nope, hemorrhoids. When I say hemorrhoids, of course, I mean the the, the shootout roid. mouth of aliens. Okay. That's the hemorrhoid in this dude's ass. Oh. Uh, intrigued, right? <laughs> you want to see more? No. Well. No. It, it's terrible. <laughs> and it has one of those, you know, there's some movies out there that are, they're bad acting on purpose. Yes. But then there's ones that like, oh, we're going to do a bad acting, but it's like, no, that was just yeah, was really bad. That's this one. <sighs> Got it. And that's a lot more time than I thought <laughs> I would spend talking about the worst one. Um, so let me tell you about my three favorite ones on here. And I'm going to start with probably the most interesting one to people out of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one's called Crazy for You because it stars Arthur Derville, uh, who you might know as Captain Rip Taylor on mm-hmm. DC's Legend of Tomorrow. Love and he was show. also uh, one of the doctors in Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, don't hate me. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. So I I'm not what, either. So I don't know go. what number, fan, so, like, what number I, doctor he, I he was on the you. show. I know there's a phone booth. That's about it. Um, I know him as Rip <laughs> or whatever. Legend, I'm sorry, so. guys. I know it's not a phone booth. I know you call it something else, but that's just what I see. So. Uh, but crazy for you, uh, it's horror in that there's death, mm-hmm. but it's a romance story. And it's oh. so super cute. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's Arthur, who his character in the show has a traumatic experience where he witnessed a murder happening in front of his eyes, and the killer was wearing polka dots. And now, whenever he sees polka dots, he, wa- he has to kill somebody. Oh. Um, and no. <laughs> the greatest love story ever told. Yeah, it's, it's, it's old as time. Uh, so it starts off, he's, he's sitting in the car. He has the dead body in the backseat behind him. He looks out the window. He sees a sales girl in the store window. And they're, they're making eyes at each other and waving back and forth. And he wants to talk to her, but he's, he's stuck in the car with the dead body. And he's like, oh, well, I'll give her my phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me write it on a piece of paper. Oh, no, I don't have a pen. Hold on. I got this sticks his finger in the knife wound of the dead body writes out his name and number call me on a piece of paper holds it up and she's like yeah i will flash forward they go out on their first date it's wonderful he falls in love with her right away um in the reflection uh i think it was like the steak knife he sees the cufflink of the waiter that has polka dots on it so he's like oh would you excuse me goes off into the back bathroom 
kill somebody, comes back, he's got blood on his cheek, and she's like, oh, is that lipstick? No, 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 there was ketchup on the door handle. Oh, okay. Their relationship blossoms. They're having a wonderful love story together. One night, they're out on the street, he sees polka dots, he has to run off, and he goes to kill, and he has his, his epiphany moment of, wait a minute, I'm in love now. Maybe I don't have to kill anymore because this love will fill that reaction of seeing polka dots and having to kill somebody. And the guy says or does something, I don't remember what, but it's like, no, I'm going to kill you anyway. And right as he kills her, she's standing behind him. And she's like, she's like, what are you doing? My boyfriend's a murderer. Wait, no, I'm not a... Hold on. Did you call me your boyfriend? And he's all happy. She runs off. He can't get a hold of her. You see his apartment... Our producer Lee's face right now is awesome. But I think both of our faces are just <laughs> like. <sighs> and my description is longer than the actual short story of it. But you you then see the the cuteness of their apartments, where his apartment, like his entire wardrobe, everything is stripes, like everything is stripes. Um, <laughs> he finally gets a message from her. You know, she's saying, "Hey, I think I understand what you're going through. Why don't you come over and we'll talk about it?" He goes over there, knocks on the door. She opens it. She's wearing a polka dotted dress, and he's like, oh, no, no, no. Then the door opens further. What do you think her entire apartment is covered in? Polka dots. Polka dots everywhere. So he's there sitting on her bed, and they're trying to have this talk, and he's trying really hard not to give in to this, to this urge to kill now because of all these polka dots. So he stands there, and like she ends up saying, I'll love you no matter what. And he's like, did you mean that? You'll love me no matter what? And you see him like reach for you know the silverware drawer where there's like the, the knives and the forks are in there. And, um, and he's like, did you mean that no matter what? And she's like, yeah, no matter what. And as it starts to fade to black, you hear the, like the, Ugh! noise and you find the next scene the two of them are standing out on the sidewalk in the rain under a polka dotted umbrella that moves away to reveal he stabbed his eyes out so now he can no longer see polka dots and they can live happily ever after if that's not the cutest love story in the world hmm. i challenge you tell me what is i i, I can't wait to see it i'll just leave it at that because um my I, description was longer than the short film and it doesn't do it justice. But you, but it you, is super cute. It's an adorable little love story in the world of horror. I'll make sure I just have a drink in my hand while I watch it. Because that sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then the other one I want to mention is called The Mill at Calder's End. This one was absolutely stunning and beautiful. Um, it is done in, and for right now I'll say, the style of marionette puppetry. It has like that Tim Burton, you know, oh, less comical, yeah. cartoony, but you know, that stop motion slash yeah. marionette puppetry look to it. The story plays out like uh, like an old campfire ghost story, mm. you know, with the haunted family. And um, it's a great story, but the I say the style of marionetting because the first time I watched it, and I've watched this three or four times now because it's just that it's that pretty to look at, I was convinced these were actors in latex costumes to look like marionette puppets hmm. because most of their movements are so fluid there's no way that could be a puppet um and in trying to dig up research on this uh what little's out there they're not costumes like hmm. those are all they're real puppets talented and it's amazing yeah so that's easily my most favorite one uh on this disc just the the look of it is is so pretty. the The story has that classic campfire, 
yeah. uh, ghost story feel to it. Um, very, that very well really done. Exciting. And it was all funded through like a Kickstarter. You know, I'm when they wanted start to do me it. A GoFundMe page for fun. See how far <laughs> I get. I bet you I can probably pay off a couple of bills. <laughs> it seems to be the thing to do these days. <laughs> I wish I had known about this when it started, so I could have contributed yeah. just to be a part of it. Like it was, it was that well done. Oh, that's good. Um, and the last one I'll talk about is called Timothy. Uh, this one is done all in Spanish. Um, it was directed by uh, Mark Martinez Jordan. Um, I'm curious to see what other things uh, he has out there. Um, uh, it's all in Spanish. So you have subtitles on it. But uh, it's a little boy and his babysitter. And he's trying to watch his Timothy show, which if Barney the dinosaur was a bunny rabbit, that's what Timothy is. Okay. You know, it, the very obvious, I'm a guy in a mascot costume. Okay. That's a bunny rabbit. Yeah. Um, and he's singing his songs, and of course the babysitter doesn't want to watch this. Give me the remote, no. Give me the remote, no. They fight over it. She ends up getting, it. And she's like, "Well, you go to bed, you little shit. I'm the babysitter, you know, mm-hmm. setting up your typical deviant teen." Yeah. Um, then during the night, uh, she's out there smoking her joints, which is one of the three cardinal rules in any horror story: Good you drugs. don't do it. <laughs> um, Timothy shows up and starts a bloodbath. Uh, on the babysitter. Um, and I think her boyfriend ends up coming over in the middle of the night, you know, to have hanky-panky, which... Yep. No two sex. three rules. That's number two. <laughs> um, so Timothy's having this bloodbath, uh, but the the twist ending to it is at the... Uh, one of the end shots, you have the little boy and Timothy sitting on the couch. And then Timothy, like, fizzles out, you know, kind of in the old-school TV, like, mm-hmm. when, you, when you turned it off and it would, uh, like fade out and timothy goes away so timothy wasn't real like timothy was either the boy or just a figment of his imagination um but done very well really really cool um very clean Hmm. it was a good one uh those are definitely my three picks of the nine i don't have a lot to say about any of the others um the stories get lost on some i mean it's it's a short story film festival you're you're not getting the devil's rejects or a nightmare on elm street I, I, I love anthologies these. for that reason because um, you're gonna get some that you love and some that you hate, like ABCs of Death. Yep. Um, I ABCs of Death. I love watching ABCs of Death because I, especially with friends, because everyone likes something different. Um, you know, when I think of the first one, which I thought was a little bit better than the second one, but like you know, you're trying. The other fun part of it is trying to figure out the word too, <laughs> if, you, if you've seen it. But like with anthologies, you just you know you're not. I like that you get to switch it up. You know, a few times in your hour and a half, two hour however long mm-hmm. movie watching experience. It's um, nice to get all these different styles yeah. and, and uh, you're not committing yeah, no. to that hour and a half, two hour yeah. mark. You get to sample this and that and then look up who you like and yep. if they have other stuff, watch it or follow them for their new stuff. Exactly. I'll talk briefly about one more in there. Uh, it's called Feeder. I forgot about this one as I just looked at my notes. Uh, do you remember Tales from the Crypt? The HBO Absolutely. series? Okay. I'm um, worried about the new one. It's got M. Knight's name on it. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another show. Yeah, another we'll, show for another day. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Lots can be said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Feeder uh, reminds me of a Tales from the Crypt episode. Um, mm. It was from season three. It was episode eight, and it was called Easel Kill Ya, and it starred Tim Roth. Okay. Um, do you remember? He was a painter, and he ends up... Um, 
like he's an unsuccessful painter and he's trying to his make his way in the art world and he's in his apartment trying to paint and like the upstairs neighbors are being so loud and whatever and he can't get him to shut up and he goes out there and they end up having physical altercation he pushes the guy over the balcony he paints a, he paints what he sees of the dead body down below and all of a sudden that painting like boom like it made him a whole lot of money and then I faintly remember this episode yeah okay so like so the, he keeps doing yeah. these death paintings yeah. and then so it's, uh, he like, falls in love yeah. and everything's going great in his life and he has all this success as an artist and then his his girlfriend ends up going to the hospital and um, they're like, well, you don't have insurance. It's going to cost this much money. And he's like, well, I don't have that much money. Well, you better get it or we can't treat her and she's going to die tonight. So he's like, okay, fine. I know I know what to do. I'll go out in the other way and I'll go find somebody and I'll kill them and I'll make art out of their death and then I'll come back in and pay this. So he goes out and he, the person he kills right. is the one and only doctor that could have performed the surgery to save her life. Yes. And now he's dead. So, like, there's your yeah, twist. You every, every, um, <laughs> yeah. So back to theater. This reminded me a lot of that. It's this musician who moves into this uh, apartment, mm-hmm. um, like, kind of townhomes, like a, a strip of, of homes, um, all connected uh, apartments, condominiums. Um, and he's trying to create, to break through his writer's block of making music. So he... He moves in here, and he's struggling, struggling, and so he starts messing with the apartment. He finds this one little area that's uh, boarded up, and he's like, oh, I wonder what's behind there. So he takes it down, he opens it up, and it's like these weird thorns like coming out, and he's like, okay, that's weird, whatever. Yeah. Goes back to his guitar. Well, taking the barriers off that wall, and now releases these thorns, um, he starts to see like, a little uh, stick figure of like a mouse drawn on the ground. Okay. Um, and then like a mouse comes across the room, and he like, kills it, and the, the blood goes in there, and all of a sudden oh man, I got a tune in my head and he writes the song and uh, his producer loves it. So he's like, oh, that was so cool. And then he looks down and now there's like a sketching of a cat on the ground. He's like, oh, I get this. Evil force, you're telling me to kill that and you'll give me more power. We got this. So he kills the cat, gets another song. Like his producer's loving all this stuff and it starts building up, building up and he gets to a dog and he's going to... As he's about to kill the dog, he's like, I can't do this. Like, dog. he starts having all these, you know, the, the flashes of killing everything. And, like, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. He sends his producer, you know, like, hey, taking a break from my dream. The music wasn't mine anyway. Bye. Packs up all his stuff. He's leaving. Smooth sailing. He's he's done. He's, he's out of here. But he wants to go talk to the landlord and say, hey, there's something weird in that apartment. You probably shouldn't let it out again. Well, he gets into the apartment. And then you find out that uh, she's an author who has a very successful writing career that's just starting to take off, and the scratching on her floor is a human. So he gets killed to further her success as the offer. Oh. Um, it, I liked it. Yeah, that sounds It cool. reminded me a lot of that Tales from the Crypt story that yeah. um, has stuck with me like over the years. Like it's, it's one of the ones that stands out to me and and my earlier you know mm, yeah. horror fandom and so i like that that it channeled that and i would bet dimes to dollars that the writer director was a fan of that tales from the crypt episode yeah. as well no that one sounds fun i like that a lot. um yeah. so i will be going on grading on this one yes uh and i'm gonna give it uh seven checks and that's just averaged from the the three four that were really really good to like the five that well i i don't ever need to watch those again. Right. Um, so I'm going to give them a seven. If you can find a copy of The Minutes Past Midnight, which I assume you can get just about anywhere, this particular one is a Horror Pack Limited Edition Blu-ray, but I feel like that's just the cover art yeah. that makes it special. I'm sure it's uh, accessible on Amazon because the whole world is I'm on gonna Amazon. I'm going to borrow yours. Um, <laughs> you can borrow mine. Last one uh, is a movie called Mother. 
starring Daryl Hannah. Also didn't see that one, and from the what you've been welcome. talking about it, I'm um, kind of glad I didn't. So. <laughs> this was originally uh, a 2013 Lifetime movie. Yep. I said Lifetime And that's where movie. you went wrong. Uh, <laughs> how this made it into the horror pack, like, ooh, we have to share this movie with horror fans of the world. I, I do not know. Um, well, the cover gives you... The cover looks like a decent horror movie. It's Daryl Hannah looking very sinister, holding a big-ass, like, psycho Michael Myers steak knife up with eyes saying, I'm going to fuck you up, boy. Yeah. Black um, and white. And I mean, it's it's Daryl Hannah, mother, she'll keep you safe. <laughs> okay. Um, the, mm. the case synopsis, uh, an A student's life is turned upside down when inappropriate status updates and photos appear on her online profile. When she learns that even her life is in danger, her mother steps in, prepared to protect her daughter at any price. Mm. Man, by this cover... By that description, I'm expecting a halfway decent horror yeah. movie. I'm expecting mom to go psycho and start killing, you know, all the boys yeah. and the bully girls in the school. <laughs> you get absolutely none of that huh. in this movie. Um, apparently, the movie was so bad in its initial release as Mother that it was later retitled Social Nightmare. Um, where they were trying to play a little less of the overprotective parent storyline and play up on the so, uh, the cyberbullying, ah. which is very much becoming a real yes. a real deal problem, yes. uh, especially with youth today. The renaming did not save this movie, um, nor did it make it a horror movie at all. Uh, yeah. There's not one drop of blood in this movie, oh. like at all. <laughs> there. Trying to find something cool about it, I couldn't. Except that, and this isn't cool, that the majority of like students, like teens in there, all come from like the Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, after school movie oh. type world. Couldn't tell you that I recognized any one of them from anything. Huh. And not even being like cute girls like made this watchable. I brought this into work into the green room and uh, <laughs> had it playing and people were like, oh, what's this? Check always brings in good movies. What the f- did we just watch? Like, yeah. they're... I can't say anything good about this movie. Um, in fact, I'm very curious if anybody out there did like this movie. I was starting to say like the topics of it are awesome topics. Uh, Cyberbullying and overprotective parenting are strong enough topics on their own that could make a great movie, even a great horror movie. This one just ain't it. Like, uh, I have a lot of bad movies in my collection. Yeah. And this one, I will not be visible if kept. I mean, this might get re-gifted. Like, uh, Elephant, White Elephant. Is that what they call it for Christmas? When you have the... Where would you put it against when a stranger calls? (laughs) Because that's pretty bad to me. (laughs) You know what? When a stranger called to this, cinema gold. Oh, my God. (laughs) You want? I'll let you borrow this one, too. You want to? Nah, you can. mm, You don't even have to give it back. (laughs) I'll let you borrow it, and you can keep it. Just throw it over the balcony (laughs) of my my apartment. Pull! (laughs) Well, if you couldn't guess, my check grading on this is one. Just because I will, I will do my best to never give a zero. I think everything can get at least one check mark. Just because people did lose moments of their life in watch, making it, making it and watching it. Um, so. so it gets a one check. We have rambled. 
long enough, I think, yes. on four movies. One and a half to two were were good. Uh, yes. The Collector, uh, half of Minutes Past Midnight. Um, and, you know, even All Cheerleaders Die, get it's yourself a six-pack of PBR. Exactly. Watch it with friends over, make a drinking game out go. of it. You know, Every time someone has that, sex that's or it. smokes weed or does anything. <laughs> And if and and if you just need cute cheerleaders to keep you entertained, there are there some cute cheerleaders in it with out cheerleading uniforms that are made of leather for some reason. Um, <laughs> so in closing, I would like to share with the world out there: um, we are from Orlando, Florida, and we do have a horror convention coming up in April. Again, this show nor myself is affiliated whatsoever with it. Just a big fan of it. Um, of all the conventions I go through, go to in a year, Spooky Empire is always hands down my favorite one. We're fortunate enough to get them twice a year. Once in April, once in October. The April one is coming up April 21st through 23rd. It will be at the Wyndham Orlando Resort. This one already looks to be uh, super fun. Yes. Um, the media guests they've announced so far, Malcolm McDowell, Joan Cusack, Dee mm-hmm. Schneider, Ernie Hudson, Tyler Maine, Victoria Price, if you don't know, that's the daughter of Vincent Price, uh, Scout Taylor Compton, Zach Galligan, uh, Andre Gower, Ricky Rackman, Shannon Purser, who, if you don't recognize that name, she is a new superstar up and coming who was in Stranger Things. And she was also on Riverdale, which on our Soapbox Network, we have the Blue and Gold Riverdale podcast hmm. just uh, put up its first episode and I guess hosted on that. And it was a really good time. I'm going to say it was better than this first episode, but for different reasons. Yeah. This was super fun to sit and talk horror with Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe by the next episode, I'll get back to the format that yeah. we originally <laughs> format thought Format and structure and things um, that matter. <laughs> we're learning. We're growing. You know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm faking it. Christina Klebe, Alex Vincent, uh, Ryan Lambert, and of course, I think he's been at almost every Spooky Empire, Lloyd Kaufman. Ah. Uh, from Trauma Films. Mm. So if you are in the Orlando area, if you plan to be in the Orlando area, April 21st to 23rd, Spooky Empire uh, is always a good time. Any upcoming horror movies coming out uh, I'm this excited. year that you're excited for? Oh, there, there, I was just looking at a list. I'm obviously excited about uh, Alien Covenant. Yes. That's going to be a good one. They were showing a bunch. I was looking at, you know how Facebook, they'll post all those posters that you don't know if they're real or not. Uh-huh. And so I was looking at one of those. It had a whole bunch of titles, like Mama 2. <laughs> uh, like Del by Del, I guess I don't know if he's Del Toro. Do you have a? Is that one of those that's supposed to be coming out? Because uh, yeah, probably... it's not very updated. I mean, it's not Friday Thirteenth yeah, on there, bet which you is it's probably been better canceled. than the one that I saw. It. Be, I mean, my name is Derry. Come on, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely want to see that one. Annabelle two, I don't care about. I don't understand how there's a World War Z two. I, I, I just don't. I, I need to read the book by my as well, but hmm. I don't off the movie alone. I don't know. I'm always okay with Amityville. Amityville is just always a good time to me, whether it's the good ones or the bad ones. I'm a huge fan of Insidious, so another Insidious movie is always okay with me. Even I didn't think the third one was the greatest, but I still wouldn't bought it because I'm one of those people that like if there's five parts, another episode and really fight it out because yes. I can't tell you how much I hate Insidious ah! I walked the first one I walked out calling it insucuous no <laughs> no 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 I love Insidious um I, like I said earlier, I'm always okay with another Saw movie because I always like to see just what they add on to it to make you kind of go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what about it's The Mummy? Great. You went right over the, the, the relaunch, remake, redo of The Mummy. I, I'm over it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the Mummy movies. Um, not so much Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, but I still kind of enjoy it because it's kind of fun. Right, right. Um, even with Scorpion King, I was just like, I just like the the series, but it's not good. But, Absolutely. But I love, I love Mummy 1 and 2. Have you seen the trailer for the new Mummy? I haven't. I have not Check seen it. Check it out. I, I probably it should watch it before promising. I judge. looks but um it has tom cruise I mean, people love or hate him oh um, wait i have seen this one because i didn't i thought i was watching mission impossible a new mission impossible movie, <laughs> the supernatural and then like, mission impossible. yeah and then they were like and then i saw like sand flying and i was like oh um i'm i'm <laughs> most excited for it because universal jumping on the yes. the movie verse you know i mean disney has its uh marvel verse going warner yep. brothers it's, it's doing its dc verse universal is jumping on having their monster verse mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and they they've already uh, Dwayne Johnson The Rock has been cast as the Wolfman for the upcoming Wolfman movie. I don't know if it's just the Wolfman or if he'll be playing uh, Larry Talbot as well. Mm. Um, I, I kind of hope he's just the Wolfman yeah, would, and, another yeah. and another actor is Larry actor, Talbot yeah. and that means that they're going with a practical costume yes. uh, for it. But uh, he was cast right away because there's going to be um, an intro to him in The Mummy, whether it's a post credit scene or during the movie. But mm. they're right out the gates saying, we're Universal and this is our monster verse. It's coming. I mean, it's our thing. Um, what, classics you know. have always been my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I grew up with. My dad and I would watch Old Black and Whites. Yeah. Um, that's why Creature of Black Lagoon is tattooed on my arm. That's from my dad. Yep. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh, but there are lots of good stuff coming out this year. Alien Covenant, you mentioned, yes. uh, which is a perfect segue that uh, possibly the second episode or the third episode of Checklist will be an Alien retrospective um, starring my friend Chris Rex, uh, who is probably the only person I know that's a bigger fan of the Alien franchise than myself. Um, so we are going to talk all about the existing Alien movies. Yes. Um, I promise it'll have a slightly better format yeah. than this episode That's a lot had. to talk about. Um, and we will <laughs> we'll get you all set up on everything we know about Alien Covenant because um, it's coming out in May. Mm-hmm. So we want you to be ready to see some, some Alien action. Face huggers. Um, <laughs> Derry, uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, yeah, where you can they can, find you? You can find me on um, Instagram, uh, you won't find a whole lot of horror stuff in non-horror-y seasons, but you can find a couple of things there. <laughs> but uh, my Instagram name is uh, Frank Tan Tin, so that's uh, F-R-A-N-K, capital T-A-N-1-0. Um, if you want to email me and just ask me randomly about my life here in Orlando, because it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that could um, be a podcast in itself. Yeah, that could be a whole podcast in itself. Um, my email is uh, C as in cat, D as in dog, B as in boy. I I one zero at Gmail for anyone who wants to email me and just I don't know I'm I'm a fun person I think I think so I, yeah we get along great <laughs> awesome um if you would like to drop a line for this show or for me in uh, specific or in general um, email checklistofhorror at gmail dot com it's spelled C Z E C H L I S T O F H O R R O R at gmail.com and you can tweet us uh at horror checklist uh and again that's c-z-e-c-h for check and you can check out the geek soapbox dot rocks backslash checklist guess what 
it's spelled C-Z-E-C-H in there as well. Um, and at the Geek Soapbox, you can find other great and wonderful shows like Blue and Gold, the Riverdale podcast, mm. um, as well as the ever-popular Geek Soapbox show starring Lee and Blue Pants Leva. Thank you for tuning in. Show got a little chaotic. It was all over the place. I had a great time with yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, Hopefully it was as much rambling. fun to listen to <laughs> as it was to talk about. Um, I feel like anyone who's into horror movies, like, you don't get to talk about them that, that much. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, you, you like, like horror? <laughs> and even if you're, like, with your horror friends, you're watching it or, you know, you're, you're looking for toys, you know, at the convention for it. You don't really get to sit around and, and tell why you like something and, uh... That was super fun for me. So, Derry, thank you so much Absolutely. for being here today. Thank you for uh, having me. For the inaugural episode of The Checklist Woo! of Horror. I'm number one. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, check's number one because it's a show. <laughs> well, I'm just here. You're, you're number one. I'm the constant. Thanks. Uh, I'm an 80s kid, so I'll I am also quote an 80s kid, but Elvira not. on the outro here and uh, wish you all some unpleasant dreams. She <laughs> <laughs>